Hello and welcome to the Sandro Forte podcast. Over the many years I've been running a business, I've met many, many successful people, entrepreneurs, sports stars, celebrities, and dare I say, even royalty. So what makes a person successful? Do we know what success is? And the all-important question, can we create success for ourselves? This podcast series invites a diverse group of people to share their insights, their wisdom, and the things they've learned along the way. Dawn McGrewer is an award-winning speaker, strategist, and author with over 5 million, that's 5 million email subscribers, and ranks in the top 1% globally on LinkedIn. I have to catch up with this lady. Dawn was named Best Female Speaker at the Professional Speaker Awards and is founder of Business Cohort, an accredited digital marketing academy with over 28,000 graduates. Makes me feel positively average, which is why I'm not going to say anything more about this lovely lady who had the privilege of meeting not long ago. We had a really good chit chat and it was obvious that she was going to make an amazing guest. So we managed to persuade her to find the time in a, in a really busy schedule to join us today. Uh, so Dawn, Dawn McGrath, thank you so much for joining us. I know the next 30 minutes is going to be absolutely wonderful and everyone's going to find out why. Uh, but thank you. I mean, you, you are a busy lady, a very successful lady. So carving out any time for little old me is much appreciated. Uh, but there are a lot of people waiting with bated breath all around the world uh, for some snippets and insights and a bit of education around all the amazing things you do. So let's start with the most obvious one, I guess. Dawn McGrewer, the legend, the lady. Where did it all start, Dawn? Yeah, it's a weird one. I think back, I mean, I'm 42 now and we had this chat when we first met and um, I started my business at 21. So I don't know whether I was kind of just super confident, a little bit arrogant, a bit naive, or maybe a kind of mix of all three. But some of me kind of thinks back and, uh, you know, I cherish some of the memories. And, and, and quite honestly, um, I think back to some of my epic fails and, you know, they're what made me what I am now. And I think the thing is, is it was a steep learning curve and it was the university of business and life all in, in one go. But what it taught me is that um, how to bring your kind of passion and flavor really into business. And, and one thing that I've always had is um, when I started off as a programmer, I had this love of tech and uh, I just loved the idea of being able to kind of reach people um, in all different countries and all different manners. And I think one of the, the nicest things in business that I saw at that young age was the barriers being sort of broken down because at 21, when I started my business was when the internet began. So when good old Google started off, I was kind of central to really trying to bring businesses online and there was no monopoly online or with social media. So it meant that small businesses like me, you know, I was a one person entrepreneur could reach people globally. And I started to build my network at that point. So I've always used um, traditional methods of obviously human contact, but I brought that into online. So when people sort of say, oh, you know, I'm not sure about social media. One of the things I always say is think about LinkedIn or a social network like an event, like meeting people. And it's, it's never as good to meet the person, you know, obviously face to face, but, you know, meeting people virtually with the technology we have. I mean, we've only met, you know, virtually, but you can get a flavor of people's um, personality and also you can build relationships. And, and that has been 
everything to do with getting to 5 million subscribers, everything to do with building my network. It's always been traditional first and then bringing that flavor through to online marketing. So as much as I'm all things digital, um, I still believe that, you know, the fundamentals in business is networks, powerful communities. And, and I think that has been the foundation of everything I've done. Uh, you know, when so, it started business consort, So there is there is hope for dinosaurs like me then, that I can yes, stick yes. to the traditional ways of communicating and still do it in a really effective way. That's that's okay. good news. Because I think people are a bit kind of, you know, they think social media has to be something that you're on your phone all the time. I don't touch my phone from the minute I finish work until the next day. You know, I, I have a digital detox. I don't want to be connected that way. I want to be mindful and I want to be present and I want to be connected to people. And I think the thing is, is social media is, is a route, um, but it's not the only route that you have. You can be really powerfully present online and you can carve out all of these relationships and communities in a meaningful way by spending like 10 minutes a day. And that's what I use LinkedIn for. I mean, I've got 30,000 direct connections, probably the same in followers, but that network of people, I have known some of them since I started at 21, you know, and, and that's crazy. But because I've kept on their radar, you know, we've kept connected. You know, if we had um, business cards and things like that, you know, you would never pick up the phone and say, hi, do you remember me? I met you 20 years ago. But LinkedIn makes that platform and it builds the bridge so that you can always have that small tie to somebody so you can reach back out to them. And only just a minute ago, somebody that I met through, Andy Harrington and, and the PSA, um, sent me a message. I've not seen them in like five years, you know. So this is it. And I think it's not tech. It, it's, it's social and it is just another platform. But I would urge everybody at the moment who's feeling a little bit overwhelmed and a bit fatigued, just focus on what suits you. Don't kind of get dragged into the, let's be on TikTok, Instagram, everything, you know. LinkedIn for me is my fundamental channel and I show up consistently on there and that's my main channel. I don't have to be everywhere and everything to anyone. So I think, you know, use social in a way that suits you. You you mentioned earlier, Dawn, uh, you used two words that resonated with me and lots of people. You used the words epic fails. So we're going to talk a little bit about the epic fails, but before we do that, uh, and the great thing about this podcast, I never know in which direction we're going to go with the conversation because nothing's scripted. I have no idea what I'm going to ask you next. I listen to, to my guests and, and we kind of go in whatever direction we go in. Um, but before we get to the epic fails, because that's all part of life's great tapestry and the learning experiences you mentioned, I, I also would like to focus on something that is quite an accolade. I, I, I'm a member of the Professional Speakers Association. Uh, to be voted best speaker um, it is is quite some achievement. There's a lot of people out there that would struggle to stand in front of two or three people, never mind, you know, hundreds of their peers. How did you, how did you move through the Professional Speakers Association? What got you to the pinnacle of a, of a profession that, you know, the likes of me thinks, well, fair play, you know, Dawn, because a lot of people won't appreciate how difficult it is to be the very best at something in, in an association or organisation. So, just give us a little bit of background on the PSA and um, and why you're such a good speaker and maybe some topic matter, you know, whatever, whatever direction you want this to go in. But I'm very interested to know what makes you a successful speaker. I think I think the first thing was actually getting over myself, um, because 
when I thought about um, you know public speaking and professional speaking, the thought of being on stage uh, in front of thousands of people, quite frankly, was my worst nightmare and petrified of the, the whole thought of it. So when people go, you know what, you, you didn't like public speaking, so why on earth did you do it? Well, I did it because for me, it was a way of reaching one to many and, 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 and getting my message out to as many people as possible. Now, I knew that I operated well one-to-one and in meetings and groups, and I loved people and I loved the interaction. So I had to find a way to do it in a way that was comfortable to me, that was authentic and also with meaningful to my audiences. So getting over myself was the first one and thinking, do you know what? People will will judge you, you know, and um, some people will love you. Some people will hate you. And, you know, I I do videos about embracing the haters because if I do something and I can add or on social media, sometimes someone will uh, comment negatively. And the other day, someone told me they didn't like my color of lipstick. Um, You know, it's, it's one of those things that I had to get past my own challenges, which was, do, do I really care if everyone loves me? And you can't be loved by everybody because you have your own message, you have your own mission, you have your own vision. So I decided, well, look, w- would it be the best way just to connect with the people who I wanted in my tribe and who wanted me in their tribe and focus purely on those? And once I kind of got to that point, it made it easier because I thought, well, even if 10% of the audience hate you, of the people don't, you know, there might be the undecided. It doesn't matter. But even if I touched half of that audience in a way that I inspired them or motivated them, I helped them, that was what my aim was. So I had to kind of get back to the roots of what is my cause? What is my main sort of vision for doing this? And and what's it going to do in terms of my business and my brand? And Once I started looking at the end goal and then I got on stage and realized I hadn't died, no one had attacked me or nothing detrimental had happened, um, it became easier. And I I sort of found my own footing because when you go on stage, as you'll know, it's quite daunting, first of all. But I just had to change my focus about thinking, what did I think when I was in the audience? I'd be thinking, gosh, look at that person, how amazing that they're they're up there doing this. This would be my worst nightmare. And a large percentage of people would say the same. So I just tried to re-envisage my path and and what I was trying to do and get over my own issues, my own challenges. And then I started to grow and love it and make it my own. So I don't think my style is the same as, as a lot of people. I think everyone carves their own style out. And I think if you show up in a way that's authentic and that you are actually giving people value, I think that's what makes you a good speaker. Yeah, and the reason I asked the question is because I know that what she, that's what makes you a good businesswoman as well, because uh, everything I've seen, and uh, one, one would go so far as to say I've probably been stalking you for the last few weeks, um, but you know everything I've seen of you is very much, as you say, you, you talked about being present and, uh, and connecting with people and being authentic, and, and I think that runs to the heart of everything you do. So... Um, Again, as I mentioned before, Dawn, I'm I'm a bit of a dinosaur. I'm I'm 53 years of age. I'm a Gen Xer. Uh, my my twin children, aged nearly 25, despair of me because they can't understand why I can't understand anything. And um, you know, and social media is is a is a challenge for me. Any kind of digital platform is is a is a challenge for me. So to the uninitiated, to those people who kind of really struggle to embrace the modern world. 
And already I'm clinging to the fact that you, you've used the word traditional, which is music to my ears. Um, but but what, what thoughts could you share with a very wide and diverse audience now about, you know, this new digital age, about helping it to grow your, using it to help you grow your business and develop your brand and uh, progress in your career, whichever path it is you've chosen. Any kind of high level pointers, thoughts, uh, ideas, anything like that? Yeah, absolutely. And do you know what? It's it's something I'm asked so many times. I think people think about social media in terms of the end goal of like selling, you know, like oh, I've got to promote my services and what I do. In fact, the opposite is true. So when people say that, they're like, well, what on earth would I be on social media for? Why do people want to know anything about me? Well, you want to be talking with your audience, not at your audience. And I think that's like level number one, where if you show up in a way where if you ask people what their opinion is and you maybe share a bit of your story, I do it all the time. I tell people about, you know, fails uh, I've had, problems I've had, challenges, successes. And I just kind of talk it through in a way that I would, you know, sitting with you, having a glass of wine. I'd say, you know, today it was really difficult. I found this. So I talk about what I've learned. I talk about my wins. I talk about pain points and I'm really just kind of looking for, you know, other people's feedback on that. And that's what builds relationships. You have to take it back to the heart of how you get to know somebody from that minute that they meet you. What do they ask you? You know, they they find out, first of all, what you believe in and, and what you do and what the purpose of that is. So it's storytelling. And, and, and social media to me is always about sharing what I am doing and how my business is growing and scaling because if I want other people to to believe in what I'm doing and 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 see me as a strategist I have to be living out my strategy and telling people what I you know I've done because success isn't a straight line you know in in terms of going up and up and up and up you know we go up and down all the way and for me every day is a learning day you know I'll try something new it might work it might not but if I don't do anything then nothing will happen. So I have to put myself out there and I talk to people about what I'm doing. I learn from other people. And by building that relationship, people will then talk back with me and they'll engage instead of me just going, today I did this. You know, I might say, well, you know, today I, I, I did this and what I discovered is this really didn't work. And, and you know, what I've learned from that, and I'm going to do this and this, is I haven't got any advice. This is all the relationship that is central to then somebody ultimately working with you because people need to see what you're doing they need to see that you have that bridge to get them from where they are to to you know the end result and that it needs to be authentic you need to show that it isn't going to be plain sailing because business isn't and it, it never will be and even just the other day i posted about the fact that business is a marathon it's not a sprint you know, you can't go from today, uh, I woke up with zero subscribers, now I've got built 5 million. You know, it's taken me 20 years to build that and to have a powerful community. But you could have a powerful community of 10, 10 absolute, you know, amazing people who have bought into what you do and you share a passion. And, and this is it. So it's all about these small steps and it's about telling people what you do day to day and kind of it's a bit like a, a mini reality TV, but in the world of business, because how can people buy into that and the whole essence of whatever your business does unless you show them, you know, it's seeing is believing, I feel. 
I've got one tip for anyone in relation to LinkedIn. It's the only one I'll share because I, I bow to your greater knowledge and experience here, Dawn. But um, I despair of the number of times I receive messages from people who I've never met before who are seeking to connect. And it always starts with, I am looking to expand my network. Will you, will you connect with me? And I'm like, hang on a minute, but it's not about you. I'm, not, I'm really not interested in what you want to do. So, um, yeah, in terms of epic fails, the number of people who send messages talking about what they want, and that really runs to the heart of what you've just been saying. Now, during this process of stalking you, Dawn, over the last few weeks, um, one thing that really strikes me is you are, and by the way, I think your lipstick's great, and also you definitely win the award for the, for the best turned out guest, because most people turn up in jeans and T-shirts, um, but you've really made an effort, and although people can't see you, I am going to give you great kudos today for being the best turned out guest if that's the way you look on a on a on a monday then um then uh, fair play very very impressed um but my point here is that um you strike me as someone probably uh probably more so than anyone i've met actually who has let me describe it as this someone who's been able to turn their passion into profit and what i mean by that is i talk to lots of people as i know you do who say, I really feel strongly or passionately about this, but I just don't know how to get out the starting blocks. And you're just, uh, you're a woman of action, because I'm going to come on to ask you about how on earth somebody as successful as you uh, ever finds enough balance. You talk about disconnecting from social media in the evenings. That's a challenge in itself for most of us, as you know. So um, to the people who say, I've got a real passion, a real desire to do something, but then fail to kind of get any kind of traction or, or forward momentum? How do, how do they start that journey? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, 90% of people who come to me have the exact same problem. They have generally an amazing product or a service or an idea. And it's really solid. And you, you, can, you look at it and you just think, wow, amazing. And then you look at the business and you think, um, it, it saddens me that they're not getting the, the level of customers or leads, et cetera, to be sustainable or to be as profitable as they could be. And there's always the potential to either uh, develop the, the product or service, but generally it, it, it's nothing to do with what they're actually putting together as the proposition. It's the bridge to market. So when people look at selling, they look at telling people all about the features you know we have this yellow widget it does this it's amazing it's you know people tune out to that because number one as you said before it, it, it's about you right you need to change the terminology and make everything you're talking about about them and, and you need to be very certain number one who your ideal client is and by ideal client we don't sell to industries we don't sell to niches we sell to people so who is the actual person that is going to buy your product or service, you know, not we, we sell to manufacturing in India, you know, that's not who you sell to, it's the person. And you have to almost visualize that person's working day. You know, what are their pains or challenges? What are they feeling? What would be the biggest persuasive sentence or content that you could put out there that would get them to stop and take notice? And it's generally because people are not talking about the goal or the end result. You know, people might come and do a, a qualification with a business consort academy. That's one thing. 
but we don't sell the qualification. People are doing the qualification to accelerate their career because they have a dream or a vision that they want to get to. And you have to hit upon that so that when people think about your product or service, they can almost visualize themselves in that achievement or that end result. And you need to then tell them at that point, um, all the obstacles that will be running through the head, because, you know, it's a great idea. You think, great, I'm going to do a qualification. Oh, what if I don't have enough time? Oh, is it going to cost me too much? And you have to be very true and, and, and handle those sales objections whilst creating desire at the same time. And that can only be done through storytelling and by showcasing things like clients and testimonials and showing the route that, you know, is not just, well, you know, Joe woke up six months later, got, you know, qualification. Joe may have had some struggles, had to take some time out, you know. And, and once people start to see this, they can feel it. And I think that's the biggest thing. If people can feel what your product, your service, or whatever it does, um, you know, achieves, then, then you've done like 90% of the job. So it's basically building the bridge and making sure that you have the steps in place so that when people first become aware of the product all the way through that life cycle to ultimately becoming a customer, what do they need to know? What is the most persuasive thing you can tell them? And then maybe look at your current customers who are buying and why did they choose you and doing some research that way. So that's 90% of the problem generally. And in it's and what's so magical about it is it's something that can be changed and fixed quite dynamically, quite quickly, and people can start to see results because when customers start coming in, people's whole mindset changes and, and they become more creative and that ebb and flow changes in terms of where their commitment of time is. It's not all about let's find new business. It's let's optimize how we're actually bringing in new clients every day and make that more special and more of an experience. And I think that is what true uh, digital marketing and marketing is nowadays today. Yeah, brilliantly said. And um, earlier, Dawn, you mentioned the fact that, you know, success is not linear. It's not a straight line. And I also mentioned, you mentioned initially, that there have been plenty of epic fails. I'm not going to embarrass you by asking you specifically about the epic fails. But just as a general comment, uh, you know, you've achieved a lot of a lot of success. And by definition, therefore, you have dealt with the fails, the roadblocks, the obstacles, the challenges. How do you do that? Because a lot of people... Great, great idea, very passionate, start the journey, everything goes well, run into a brick wall, which is an inevitable part of the process, and everything falls apart because they don't have the resilience to pick themselves up and go again. How does Dawn McGrewer pick herself up and go again when things don't work out? Yeah, I talk about this a little bit in my book. Um, and one of the first things that happened when I started my business was that I, I made that epic fail of marketing the features and, and talking to clients in a way about what I did rather than thinking about what they wanted and talking about them and I created a program at that point that changed everything so it's having the dynamicness within your business and in your own personality that to accept change so that when you design something it's it's never going to be perfect it's a work in progress and I do this with all of the products and services and one of the, the most successful things I ever did was the fast track um, course that we do in the uh, Business Consort Academy. But it didn't start off successfully. You know, it started off, named something completely different. Um, it had the same sort of content, but it was marketed differently. So we had to repackage and repurpose and reproposition it. And, and it evolved over time to ultimately become 
a really successful product. So it's knowing that when you've had an idea that you have to be open to other people's advice and you have to do some research, but you have to be willing to change. Because I've got some people who are like, no, my product's fine. Or the way I do this is fine. But the thing is, you've got to accept that if you're doing something and it's not achieving the results you want, you have to have that dynamic approach and flexibility to go, do you know what? Maybe if I tweak this. And you also have to then consider that if you tweak it, it might still fail. And it might fail multiple times until you get it right. And then it will still evolve over time. Nothing stays static. And every program that I've had, you know, even if it's been running for 10 years, we're still constantly day by day looking at how can we improve it? How can we make this better? How could we bring more people in? How can we change our messaging? So I think it's always being open. And then if you do have an obstacle and something knocks you down, what is resilience? It's, it's thinking that, do you know what? You will never still feel the same about it tomorrow or the next day. It becomes less central to your kind of like being. You you lose that feeling. Like someone said to me the other day, it was like, well, you, you'd never remember the pain of being stabbed. And I thought, well, maybe you wouldn't. I don't know. I've never been stabbed. I thought that was a really harsh way of saying it, but quite true. You know, if you've been broken, you'll get up and everything will get better because other things are moving. And we have 24 hour increments. You can do little things to help yourself through for a motivation and mindset to change how you feel. You maybe don't have the control over things like COVID, but there's things that you can do to, to help yourself get past it because we've probably all had horrible things that have happened in our lives. And if you're lucky enough never to experience anything, you know, it, you have to pick yourself up and be willing to think, do you know what? Failure is good. And the reason it's good is because I've learned something. If you didn't fail, you'd know nothing, you know. So for me, the more failures I have, the better it's going to serve me and the more accomplished I will be to, to serve my clients because I'll know I've been through it and, and I can tell them the story. And I think that builds a bond. Very good. And on the subject of overwhelm, this probably leads to a, to a very simple but, uh, but important question for most of us. So you have a marketing agency, you have a business cohort, you've written a book, no doubt you've got another one up your sleeve, uh, and, you know, and, you, and you speak professionally, and all the other things that you do. How do you find that balance in life? If, if indeed you do find balance, I, I don't know whether you, you struggle with that, but there, there has to be, you, know, you, sound, you sound and you look very grounded, very measured, you seem very in control of of your emotions and your environment. So that tells me you, you've got the balance right as, as, as far as we can get it right. How do you find time for Dawn? How do, you, how do you disengage from all the chatter that goes on in your life when you're such a busy lady? Yeah, it's taken me a long time to kind of get to this point, but um, what I started to do is realize that there is no such thing as a life balance. It's just sometimes certain things in your life will win over others. So how I manage that is I time block. And um, one of the biggest things that I've done is actually put in carefree time into my diary. Sounds bizarre, but it's time that I am not allowed to book anything into so that I know that on a Wednesday afternoon, I have three hours where I have no idea where I need to go or anything I have to do, no pressure, no nothing. And what that's done is it's actually given me the headspace to step back and either go off and do something frivolous that I want to do, 
or go for a walk or sit and have a coffee and think about my business and where I'm going. That has been the biggest change for me because I could puddle around all day and do things. I love my job. So what was happening was, especially with COVID, I was just working all the time. When I started time blocking um, and putting actual deadlines on, like I can only do this activity between those hours, I started to become more efficient. Uh, And then I'd finish and then I would walk away and do something else. So if I could give any advice in terms of uh, balances that, yeah, some weeks I will work really, really hard, but then I'll have a week off, you know. So I put adventure activities in so that my goal is not just to complete a project. My goal is to complete the project and go and do something nice. Um, I have to have that. Otherwise, I could just work and work and work. And I got to a point where I was picking things off, you know, like it's like I did my book, my podcast, you know, it was a process orientated. And you have to be thinking, right, what is it that I'm actually doing this for? Well, I'm doing it because I want freedom, flexibility, and I want to go and, you know, spend a day in a spa, do whatever I want to do. So I'll put time in and I'm actually doing more than I was doing before, but in a far more efficient way and probably far more effective. But I think two things that I would give advice and I talk about this a lot is automating things in your business. Um, and having a, a very solid team. And by having a team, this doesn't mean employing people necessarily, but finding the most amazing people in the world who specialize in something that you hate doing <laughs> and giving them that job and empowering them to do it amazingly well for you. So delegation, automation, and making sure that you have time blocking in your calendar, um, I think is, is the biggest. And also, when I look at where people spend time, generally lead generation, ads. I mean, ads are probably the most magical thing in the world because they've never been uh, cheaper. Facebook ads for me um, will bring in, you know, leads every eight minutes into our business. And that means our time and focus for everyone in the team is not just on the top of the funnel. It's everything all the way through. And we've got time to concentrate on our customers because we're not just serving this end here. So those would be my my top tips, I think. Very good tips too. Um, The book, the podcast, just briefly tell us about those. Okay, so we have Dynamic Digital Marketing. You can see in the background here. Dynamic Digital Marketing, uh, published by Wiley. It's all things digital. It breaks down all of the powerful channels um, um, online in terms of marketing your business to grow and scale. It's got checklists and activities and all sorts of things. So it's a bit of a dip in and dive kind of book. Podcast, Dawn of a New Era. Um, it talks about all things marketing, motivation, and mindset. And dawnmcgrew.com is where I live, and you can find me to connect. Um, the good thing is on LinkedIn, there is only one Dawn McGrewer. So if you find me, that is definitely the right one to connect to. So I'd I'd love to connect on there. And then, uh, yeah, we are just due to launch uh, next month, the Power Circle Programme. Uh, which is for corporate leaders and entrepreneurs and business owners. And it's all about how to be powerfully present online, but also in your life. And uh, the whole essence is to 10 times your wealth and success, looking at rebooting marketing, motivation and mindset. You must have a notepad next to your bed. You must wake up in the middle of the night and just create a new idea. I'm uh, I'm in awe. I'm, I'm in awe, Dawn. Uh, final question that I have for you, which is the only one, Dawn, that we ask all of our guests. So I'd be very interested to see what you have to say on this subject. So um, I was about to say Dawn McGrewer Senior, but you are by no means senior. But Dawn McGrewer has, Dawn McGrewer Junior, come up to her one day and says, 
mummy, let's just assume it's your daughter. And uh, she says, look, you know, we've, we've all stood back and, and watched this amazing journey that you've had through life and business. And you're a top speaker and an author and a podcaster, and you've got all these wonderful businesses and, you know, you've picked yourself up every time you've fallen over. And, you know, you are all inspiring to a, to a huge community of people. But if you could drill down all of that amazing experience and all that life learning into one specific targeted piece of advice, the kind of rule to live your life by, what would that one piece of advice be, Dawn? Oh, for sure. It would be um, stop just focusing on the end goal, but enjoy the experience of achieving it. And I think this is something that's taken me a long time to understand because you need to push the boundaries and have truly aspirational goals and why the hell not you know why not think outside the box but don't just kind of keep thinking about that think about every single day of how you feel and and enjoy it and you know don't just work you know nine to five because you think everyone does do what you want to do and and carve out your perfect day in something that suits you so if you want to work you know all night long do it that way and and think about how you can look after yourself and make time for yourself you know plugging in things like lunch walks exercise these are all so important to be successful and and to maintain that resilience so yeah enjoy the experience and and make it something that is just exactly how you want it and have fun along the way you have been as wonderful as I thought you would be, Dawn. Thank you for joining us on the Sandro Forte podcast today. Uh, hopefully yours doesn't become any more successful than mine, because otherwise I've got a visions of all my subscribers all, all fleeing across to listen to Dawn. But I do actively encourage everyone to go and listen to Dawn's podcast. It's terrific. And do read her book and do connect with her on social media, uh, even though you'll be one of five million, but I'm sure she'll uh, she'll she'll connect with you. But Dawn McGrewer, all joking aside, uh, it's been inspirational educational, uplifting, all in equal measure. Thank you for finding the time to spend with so many of us from around the world today. Uh, long may you continue to do what you're doing and look forward to connecting with you very soon. But Dawn McGrewer, thank you very much. Thank you.